What happens when we bring together two SEC members from different industries that haven't met before and that at first glance don't have too much in common? What will they talk about and are there topics where they will find common ground? In Conversation is a new podcast feature by the Swedish Chamber of Commerce for the United Kingdom where we do just that. First up are Mats Klingberg, Managing Director and Founder of Trunk Clothiers and Joachim Thuresson. CEO and co-founder of Referanza. This is what happened when they met to discuss topics such as fandom, customer loyalty, and how to make the most out of the offline experience in the online world. I'm Mats Klingberg, and I'm the founder of Trunk Clothiers. Uh, founded the business uh, back in 2010. At the time, I had lived here in London for five years already. I thought, I mean, there was no shortage of menswear shops, but I thought there was something that was still missing, something that felt a bit more intimate and had sort of a, a more tightly edited selection of clothes that just made it much easier and more enjoyable for men that sort of uh, have very busy lives that want to dress well, but to, for them to sort of find uh, those people that were missing in the wardrobe. And yeah, Trunk was founded and uh, it's been growing steadily since then. I mean, I have two shops now on Chilton Street in London. Obviously, Chilton Street being then where also the Chilton Firehouse is, which is a very now well-known hotel. It wasn't open at the time, but I knew about this hotel before I opened. And I mean, my customers, obviously, lots of them are from London, but many, many of them also come from LA, New York, Stockholm, Paris, Hong Kong, yeah, all over the world and now also sell online where I see customers coming from all those places as well. And since a year ago, I have a shop in Zurich as well. And since actually two years ago, I work with a department store called Lane Crawford in Hong Kong. So I have three shopping shops in Hong Kong and one in Shanghai and opening in Chengdu this autumn. So uh, lots of things that are top of mind for me at the moment. Uh, obviously, to manage all these shops, looking to open more shops eventually uh, over the coming years. But also, I mean, I started as a, as a multi-brand store with lots of different brands. But over the years now, uh, I've developed my own brand. So the trunk own label is growing quite a lot. So that's a very sort of big, uh, important uh, thing that I'm focusing on at the moment. Yeah, so my name is Joachim Thurison, obviously due to the name, also Swedish as Mats. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of the startup Referanza. Uh, we started the company almost four years ago um, with the uh, uh, goal to have a way of turning satisfied customers basically into fans or ambassadors. So uh, what we do in our platform is that we find people that are very high on their experience mostly today within sports and entertainment, uh, having them talk about their experience and, and uh, hopefully influencing their friends to pretty much do the same thing. Um, so we basically see it as a way of, of having a new version of influencer marketing, influencers being celebrities and superstars with uh, great networks of followers. In our case, we're, we're taking it all the way down to everyday Joes, pretty much. So everyday people, that experience stuff all the time uh, from attending events to maybe buying new clothes, uh, buying stuff online on e-commerce e stores and so on. So having people naturally and organically talking and doing it online to, to make sure that you can, can get the conversation going and obviously also measure the effect. Um, so where we are right now, almost four years in the business is that we're 
were growing steadily in the Nordics, obviously, since uh, that's where the, the head office still is. Um, I'm in London now for a reason, since we see London and the UK as our major market. Uh, entertainment and sports is huge here, obviously. Uh, we're also partnering very deeply with it, with Ticketmaster. So Ticketmaster being the, the biggest ticketing platform globally, which is very important for us as well. So they have their uh, head office here in, in, in London, which makes this very um, applicable for us to be here, of course. Um, so I would say that the, the main, um, the top of minds that we have right now is to expand outside of Sweden, outside of Nordics, um, really grow traction here in the UK, not only getting the first couple of paying clients that we also already have, but rather um, make sure to increase and get uh, some speed up and running to actually establish ourselves as a brand here. Um, We've also been very focused the last couple of years in, as I said, entertainment and sports. Uh, so another thing we really have to do is to prove our platform within other kind of markets, such as which could be super interesting for us to collaborate on, which could be men's clothing. I would guess that what we do could be very suitable into, in terms of having people recommending and referring other friends into buying the same kind of brands, the same kind of, of clothing, whatever. Because, um, I mean, we know all, again, that friends trust their friends. So that's pretty much what it's all about. I think the term fan, I mean, you talk about this in your business. Obviously, for me, actually, it was new to talk about fans. But of course, I, I get it. But And I think I will probably start thinking about my customers and, and look at who are the fans of my business. And I mean, the way I would define it to sort of uh, would obviously be, I mean, a loyal customer is a customer that comes and uh, shops with uh, my business on a regular basis. I mean, the fan is more someone that spreads the word out there and talks about how how great I am. Obviously, it might not be maybe the the best or highest spending customer, but uh, it's obviously someone that really uh, is an ambassador of, or, and sort of a good spokesperson for who, who my or what my business is all about. So I think that's potentially what that's what when I see these two words side by side that's what I would think I don't know what you think Joachim no I totally agree um, I mean every business has obviously customers then you might have the satisfied customers but then if you could have a bunch of customers that are so happy and, and so satisfied with what you're doing you can actually turn them into fans and obviously again a fan is somebody, as you said, Mats, uh, who's like a spokesperson pretty much for a brand or for a particular uh, thing that they're bought or experienced. Um, so I, I guess that um, the main difference would, would be pretty much a customer, super satisfied customer, and a fan that goes pretty much beyond that. But I, as we talked about, um, a fan might not need to be a customer themselves. I mean, you, you could have a fan that actually hasn't really experienced your menswear, for instance. Mm. Somebody's been seeing your your lovely clothing on Instagram, loves it, and maybe has a bit of a network, talks about it. Yeah. Um, so I mean, today you can you can create fans just out of being very active on social, be very active in conversations with potential customers. So um, what we see now is that. Um, especially within the ticketing industry, people are really starting to talk about stuff that they're going to attend. 
So I might have buy a tic- bought a ticket for a concert. So I'm, I'm starting to talk about it, even though I have no idea how, how, how great the concert will be. Uh, maybe it's, it's, uh, it's an artist that I haven't seen in a while or haven't seen at all. But just out of the, the, the fact that I'm going to do it is a really good conversation starter. So you can pretty much start creating fans even before they've even become a customer. So, yeah. um, and of course, historically, this was done pretty much word of mouth, which obviously I think is still... Or I know it's very much the case for my business at all, and I think this is where your business uh, obviously fills or presents an opportunity where you can obviously track and analyze and sort of actually orchestrate this a little bit, sort of uh, behind the scenes and keep the conversation and dialogue going. So I think, I mean, that's where uh, it's it's very interesting and it's something that I'd like to sort of think how could potentially trunk uh, get better at our. Uh, word of mouth in in the digital world and to sort of take it to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, speaking of customer loyalty, I I would also think that what we're seeing now is a totally new version of customer loyalty because customer loyalty has just up until now been all about how much a, 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 a loyal customer actually spends. Yeah. Today, social currency is a lot more important than. Uh, other currencies. So people, by just having the the X amount of likes or spreading content that might reflect good on them, for instance, uh, is I think that even smaller and, and major uh, brands are starting to look at a new version of loyalty because uh, you you can't just rely on the fact that people are spending their hard-earned money, of course, which which is what it's all about to make money. But I, I think that we're turning into an era of, of, of greater like social loyaltyness, so to speak, uh, and and where the conversion, sorry, the, the the currency is not in pounds or in kroner, it's rather in likes or in shares yeah. or in, in, in the presence in social mm-hmm. and so on. As we started to talk about it as well, um, for us, it's been very easy to work with super digital businesses because mm-hmm. then you obviously do business online, everything is tracked. There, there's an email. There's a phone number there's you pretty much have everything but i mean in in your case Mats, you have people coming in even if they most of them probably are loyal most of them probably have come in through word of mouth yeah because another satisfied customer has told him or her that sorry him of course yeah well <laughs> yeah yeah there's some women coming yeah of shopping. course yeah. For, for men yeah uh so um have told them about the, the, the great clothing and so on but you can't really know for sure if it's come in through an actual customer or not. So, but a super interesting thing I, I think that we might see coming up ahead is that how can you actually turn uh, the offline purchase, the offline mm. customer experience, or the offline loyalty or offline fandom, so to speak, how can you make that turn into a, a growing digital business? Yeah. Um, that would be very interesting to, to collaborate on, of course. Um, yeah, no, I mean, for sure, because obviously, I mean, we do tend to uh, ask for email addresses for our customers, but then obviously some people are still very reluctant to give them away because they think or worry that they're going to get bombarded by lots of emails or newsletters. And uh, But then some people do, obviously, if they like to stay up to date with what's going on at Trunk, they are willing to give the email address. And I think sort of with this, I mean, the system that you have, for instance, we could get more, I mean, more systematic about how we work with the customers that we have. Because now, at the moment, we tend to 
more just do the sort of the big email uh, send out that is the same for everyone. Of course, we do do sort of one-to-one email direction, but it's from a sort of a business owner, it's quite difficult to stay on top of what actually the team is doing uh, on a case-by-case basis. But I think with everything uh, like this being in the same system, I think it would be easier to keep track and also encourage and incentivize the team to, to do it. So I'd be interested to sort of continue yeah, this conversation too, beyond this <laughs> session. Me too, obviously so. What I think is super important for us as a, I mean, we're a tech platform. Uh, everything works. Everything is up and running. But at the end of the day, if, if there's if there's not a, a true customer out there or if, if, if actual person, it has to be person doing, making sure that our stuff works, okay? So... Uh, what we see as a very important thing for us is helping our clients trying to look back and so not having this inside out perspective so rather trying to figure out myself if i would go into an offline store what would actually make me want to push stuff on social and so i mean people are pretty hard to get today as well so do we have to have incentives Mm -hmm. do we do we have to have like competitions or contest, contests uh, running to actually make sure that we keep people coming over the threshold, so to speak. Because, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty hard to get as well. So yes. I no. think that, yeah, so... No, because we, we get bombarded by so many messages exactly, all the time. Right. And I think uh, we're obviously going maybe through a, a cycle in digital in terms of what we share and who we share it with. And maybe people are... It's a bit of fatigue at the same time. Okay, maybe you're more restrictive and maybe more of this kind of referrals go through more close, closer communications like WhatsApp or I mean direct messaging mm. uh, rather than just blasting it out to sort of everyone that would potentially want to know. But every time that you have come across something that you do like, you do want to share it with your friends. But I think it is probably more that you think of certain people or friends that you think would like this and you'd rather sort of communicate with them directly and I think uh, this is maybe where we're going through some sort of change and I'm sort of still trying to figure out how to best communicate uh, trunk through social media where it's never been sort of the core at what I do I mean I started the business as a you know, physical shop bricks and mortar and that was my focus but of course I need to sort of move the business into sort of this digital age as, as well to stay relevant but still the physical experience is very important for me when you've experienced something that you like i think uh, it's more who do you think of your friends would like this and then if that friend happens to be next to you or or like you meeting them the next day then you will tell them so i think it needs to be sort of that you sort of uh, it's easy to sort of make this connection with this uh, person so in the physical world you wouldn't have to meet that person otherwise you will forget about this and i think in the past just going out and or sort of doing a google review uh, it's not really sort of targeting your friends but i think that's where the direct messages uh, or those channels like whatsapp are quite relevant now and maybe there will be other ones like this in the future and maybe i don't know if people would have their own reference app or this would always be in relation to uh, the company that they have experienced something with. I don't know. I mean, is that something that you see? Or is it you only partner with uh, people like Trunk, for instance, or like Ticketmaster? Or would you also, as a consumer, would you have a reference app to share your thoughts with your friends or 
is that not relevant maybe or you would partner with uh, whatsapp or something yeah i mean <clears throat> we are partnering with with for instance whatsapp and instagram and facebook and and the social networks today but it's uh <clears throat> it's a very interesting idea obviously <laughs> to have because i think that uh, looking out of the consumer perspective as soon as you walk out of your bed in the morning <laughs> until you <laughs> go to, to bed at night you experience so many different things uh, and obviously Everything is not suitable for review or recommendation or whatever, but uh, it's it's very interesting to see how could you actually turn those experiences that you've had during the day into actually marketing and sales. That would be the dream. You probably have to have some kind of sensors on your head all the time or whatever. I don't know, but obviously in an app. In our case, we since we consider again. Um, shares and recommendations and so on as a social currency form. I would say, I mean, coming from your old business, uh, Mats, working with credit cards and that kind of loyalty, I'm also a fan of, of that specific company as a customer because I can earn my points, I can earn my currency in, in form of points. Yeah. The more I buy, the more I fly, I get more points, I love it. Um, but we're um, So we're also starting to collaborate a bit with that. How can you actually turn, again, a share and a like and the spread that you have on from word of mouth through, through your personal network, how can you turn that into a new form of currency that you also can use to buy airplane tickets yeah. or change it into uh, a bottle of shampoo or uh, do this in terms of spreading the word and you have the opportunity to be the first ones to actually uh, sign off for our brand new uh, jacket or a pair of trousers or whatever that would be very applicable for me to to want to be first with. So, I mean, then then again, technology and, and, and an app could definitely be a, a way of moving forward with that. Yeah. And generally here, I guess it's, it's people that like what you do, that want to refer to customers. It's not about... Uh, uh, slagging companies off and being sort of uh, very negative because obviously there's a lot of negative comments out there if you're on TripAdvisor or lots of these other sites I mean there's it's a very sort of widespread of comments any place that you know and like I mean it, it's incredible how many both positive and negative comments you get there but I think it's, it would be nice to have something that is more focused on the positive experience. Of course, if there's someone has had a negative experience, it would be n nice to have a way to actually, as a company, being able to do something uh, about that in a constructive way, but maybe sort of not sort of like in front of the whole world uh, trying to sort of find a solution to problems. I think this is where I see it's been quite uh, challenging when it comes to word of mouth in the digital world because everyone has the right to say anything and it really uh, you're the, the customer comes so powerful and I think it's not really a, f a fair playing field in a way I mean I'm all for that the customer is king in all these things but I think to some degree and I think this comes down to the internet overall it's gone a bit sort of out of control and it's a bit wild wild west out there and i think you need to sort of insert some decency and common sense in there as well to sort of actually make something good of it because uh, i think it is quite dangerous what uh internet has become but obviously there's it's huge potential there and i think maybe what sort of what both you and i are doing maybe we can sort of together uh start sort of shaping that and sort of making obviously t taking and using what's what's good about the internet and not sort of focus on the bad things totally agree definitely um i, I wanted to elaborate a bit about 
we start to talk about what actually, I mean, what does it take? Why would a person actually recommend? And the, the fascinating thing is we actually have the data on that. So we, we pretty much know why do people recommend. And it's actually as easy as any brand could start using, for instance, the Net Promoter Score. Ask clients, how likely would it be to recommend? We know from a fact based on our data that firstly, the ones who are leaving the, the most of the comments, those are obviously the ones saying zero to two, being very dissatisfied, unsatisfied, and the ones saying, for instance, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Those are the ones who are actually leaving the most reviews and, and talking the most. So with that being said, what we have to do in order to firstly try to hinder the, the effects of negative word of mouth, is to very instantly and in, in, with great timing really take care of the ones who are potentially likely to want to spread negative word, word of mouth. By doing so, obviously, with uh, a great conversation, trying to uh, get them <laughs> really fast before they can start building that conversation. So I would say timing in that case is super important to, to really try to hinder that. And when it comes to the positive aspect, we know that there's a huge difference between as little as a 7 on the NPS scale and a 10. There's an exponential effect of the social spread, the social word of mouth you can have by having 10s instead of 7s. So, I mean, 7, you might think that I'm rating a 7 or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a seven, score number 7 for, for something that I've, that I've experienced. What's the difference between a 7 and 10? But if you really want to get a word of mouth effect, you, you really need to catch and get the tens instead of mm. sevens. So, I mean, in, in, in show business, for instance, and in sports, it's quite easy to have people experience a great game, a great concert, a great theater here at the West End, catching them directly with great timing with a text message right after the show. If we can find the ones that say 10 and having them spread the news, perfect, that's what we do. But I mean, in, in your case and in, 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 in retail and in offline, the offline world, I would guess that uh, the way you treat and personalize the treatment of the client when coming into your store, uh, making them feel super valuable. Also by the way you just put the, the new trousers in the bag and handing that over. I mean, every little tiny little piece and, and a piece of that puzzle has to really nail it. I would guess that going into store and just buying a jacket or something, even if it's a nice jacket, I wouldn't really go recommend it. I might take a picture of myself on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> but actually recommending others um, and, and telling them that you should buy this as well is probably why I've had this super nice experience of a person working in, in the store yeah. who's just gave me this super nice personalized um, treatment. Someone needs to have gone over and above or beyond. I mean, also your expectations. Exactly. Obviously, I mean, the I mean, it's very sort of like basic level to get the trousers that you bought. But it's anything that goes way above what you could have imagined, obviously, yeah. then then you're likely to maybe recommend it to someone. Absolutely. I mean, of course, this is extremely valuable for any business to get to that level and actually then do something with it as well. Because I think historically, maybe people have just sort of let this sort of happen on its own. You haven't really sort of 
been working behind the scenes to orchestrate. And I think this is where I think with digital, I mean, it sort of presents opportunities to sort of actually do something and potentially also give something back to those that are spreading the word uh, yeah. about the business. So yeah. like you said, some kind of point system, whatever that they can mm -hmm. use yeah. for uh, to spend in the store mm -hmm. afterwards. But uh, it still would need to be f truly genuine that this they do like it. And those are the ones that you work with if you've identified them in the first place. For me, it's it's not harder for me than to, to make me talk. You just have to to put the the, the white paper that you put on <laughs> the, mm -hmm. before they put the the the, the trousers, the jackets in before you put them in the bag. That's a really nice thing that I just enjoy. Could make me take a great a picture of it or talk about it. How you just pack things, yeah, and, mm -hmm. and show the client that I really you're important. So we actually we spend thirty more seconds packing yeah. it on like. I don't know the name of the paper, but but tissue paper. Tissue paper. There you yes. go. I love tissue paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a tissue paper kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's all the, those details that make the difference. Absolutely. And I think that's what you need to do to get people talking about it as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we we probably have, uh, I mean, lots of uh, similarities and I mean maybe differences actually. But uh, I mean, my target group they are generally between 35, 55. They're educated, they're in senior positions in either their own companies or in sort of a, a big global organization. They travel the world frequently. Who is your customer? No, I, I, <laughs> when you speak about it, I would actually guess that your clients, your customers, are uh, the perfect customers of our customers. So we know from a fact that one person that buys a specific uh, brand of clothing is also test driving a specific car brand and is also attending buying tickets, quick, pretty expensive tickets to arenas and art through. So I would say that um, I would also guess, looking at it out of a bigger perspective, I would think that it would be very good for different brands that are using, that have the same kind of clients to start working with the new um, collaborations, it might actually be that some of our clients, the ticket co ticketing companies that we work with on West End or in the sports teams, uh, would be a perfect match for you to work with actually, to to sort of like cross brand stuff. Um, maybe it's even so that some of the clients that you have uh, could be applicable for us as well. Uh, we mainly work with business owners, such as yourself, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the, the, the bigger clients that work with, with some bigger volumes perhaps coming from ticketing and, and sports and entertainment is almost always uh, a, like a marketing director, a marketing manager, social media manager, so on. But again, uh, the targeting groups that they want to target and actually do through our platform is they're basically finding the twins of mm. that specific target group and can, yeah. can start targeting them as well. And I would guess that that's actually the same kind of customers that you might have in your store. Yeah. And they are also, that kind of 35 to 50s is a super good social word of mouth target group. Yeah. Uh, some of them hasn't had Facebook for more than a couple of years. They don't have 500 or 2,000 fans or followers. They might have 10 or 30 or 100. But what we see is that they're very homogenous in their way of talking to each other. So 
recommendations and referrals in that case is so extremely high converting rather than an influencer that has 500,000 connections. So, because yeah. why is that? Because I, I truly, again, I trust my friends. There's also this about fear of missing out. Yeah. So if you've done something, I definitely want to do it. If it was that good, you're talking to it, to me, I definitely want to do the same thing, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, I guess that uh, there are a lot of some similarities actually uh, in how you could find new clients by cross-branding with others, I guess. Yeah. But I guess in general, most of these guys have maybe obviously closed Instagram accounts. It's not sort of open for anyone to, to look. Because I believe that's where I think most of my customers, they're not sort of influencers in that sense. Because I think we've been sort of looking at our customer base if we do have any influencers. And actually, we've not really come across any. Cause, uh, but and obviously, they do have their own accounts, which they share then information with their friends. And I think that's where... Uh, they're based you don't necessarily see them uh, if you sort of start looking around in your own database but they're obviously there and I mean they are smaller groups of following but obviously then that means they're maybe even more loyal than those with 100,000 followers than the ones that have yeah. 20 followers it's just more effective in that way potentially you just came yeah. up with a totally new word for us a friend fluencer how did or, I say that? <laughs> a fan fluencer, actually. That's that might be the new yeah. influencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A no, fan for sure. Or, a fan or a friend. Because it's very different. Yeah. It's totally different. Because I also wonder how how long is, can these influencers be going on and stay relevant? Because obviously now they have there's obviously so many paid partnerships and it's not really genuine. And of course, lots of these influencers are getting away with it now. But I wonder how long will that last for? I'm not sure. And maybe, I mean, then the, 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 it needs to be replaced by the friendfluencer then. Uh, there you go again, the, yeah. the friendfluencer. <laughs> yeah, great good. talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I think it's a great conversation. So thanks, um, Swedish Chamber of Commerce, uh, for bringing us together. Obviously, we are in the same space. I mean, we all sort of obviously uh, need customers and uh, spreading the word. And I think uh, for me, Trunk, I mean, a menswear store, obviously both uh, a bricks and mortar shop, but also online is a very big sort of growth part for my business. So I think then being able to communicate and spread the word of trunk uh, is obviously something that I'm looking at how I can best do that and better do it. And I'd, I've not sort of been great historically on digital. And I think this could sort of pro provide a, a great opportunity for trunk. So I'd like to continue this conversation forward. Yeah, me too, definitely. Um, again, since we've done so much within digital, it's really uh, fascinating and uh, exciting to look at the, the offline world rather than the online world and how can we turn the, the offline experience into online again. So, And I would also say that um, I'm also very interested in, in um, keep, <laughs> keep meeting with and, and talking to Mats, also being a successful entrepreneur who's put up uh, stores in different countries and so on. So... Looking back back again at the the, um, the the thresholds that we have in our business to to grow uh, organically, hopefully in, in new markets. Uh, I'm sure you also have a, a couple of, of uh, tips and tricks down your sleeve on, on the what to do's and not the not what to do's. Yes. How you would enter a new market specifically here in the UK. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that as well uh, to get your uh, your expertise and, and experience by, based on that, of course. Thank you. I mean, it's yeah, been great to meet you and I look forward to sort of staying in touch and see where each other's businesses are going.